0: what's up chini and Maji family welcome to yet another
1: episode on the cym podcast in this episode we host preston ide ceo and co-founder of steers which is a data part insights company inspired by the likes of bloomberg and thompson Reuters. he seeks to empower people to make better decisions by providing them with the necessary information and data and so you can find out more about this on the podcast so listen and enjoy
0: All right, Preston, welcome to the Chidi Magic podcast. Super excited to have you, your first uh, out-of-town guest, I would say, on the podcast. And this is our oh, milestone for us. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Um, I think I'm looking forward to having an exciting conversation. And, you know, the fact that I'm first out-of-town, too, so, you know, gives me more energy, you know, it's like boom i have to represent all those who come after me you know by making sure i set the you know set the scene so looking forward to an exciting conversation
0: yeah fantastic so by out of town obviously i'm in nairobi and you are in in lagos yes, i am and um, <laughs> you, we, i think um so i don't know where to start but what's the weather over there right now what, what season are you guys in
1: so so the thing with the thing with my view of, of Lagos, and I'll say my view, is that it's always hot. It's not rainy season now, that one, you yeah, know, that mm. that I can say. Um but it's but it's hot right now. It's not Hamilton either. So I don't actually keep track of the of the of the season we're in because, you know, Lagos, I mean when it when it rains, it floods. So I'm happy that we're not in that in that season now. But you no, know, overall it's it's good. But that's the I think the weather is the Least most exciting part about Lagos, I would say the, the most exciting thing to talk about is the amount of energy in the city and Definitely. the amount of <laughs> sort of activity as well. It's like it's, it's constantly moving. You know, people are always yeah. doing deals, moving forward, trying to grow. So that that's always exciting um, to be
0: a part. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge fan of 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 Lagos, Nigeria, and just the energy that you guys bring to the continent. I mean, I try and imagine. Africa without Nigerians and it's it's not the same, right? You you bring a certain <laughs> kind of. Verb. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> like in everything you guys are doing, 10x, as well, you know, which which is fantastic for for the continent. So yeah, let's start from 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 that. Like, were you born and raised in Lagos? What's your background, and and how did you end up founding your organization, your company?
1: Yes, of course. So you're right. I didn't actually grow up in Lagos. Um, I grew up in a much smaller city south-south of Nigeria, a Edo state called Benin City, um, mm. and I spent most of my, I guess, all the way primary school, um, I was there until secondary school, which is like, I guess the equivalent of high school, you know, where you'd say in the sort of the US or the UK. Um, I then went over to Abuja for, for high school. Mm. Um, and that's obviously the capital of Nigeria, which was a really good experience diverse experience because it was the first time I was really getting to mingle with Nigerians so from all across the, the country. And then after that, I went to the UK, where I where I actually studied, you know, A-levels and studied law. Um,
0: right. I saw that. Yeah.
1: Practiced law for, for a little bit, um, for about two and a half, two and a half years. Um, and then moved back to Nigeria. So I moved back in, I moved back in 2018 actually. Um, and the intention was to basically see if stairs could become a business because at that point it wasn't a business, it was an idea. And I had three other people who shared this idea with me, but 2018, I still had to do a bit of balancing, um, you know, Nigerian parents, they were, they were very supportive, but with a condition and the condition was that for me to to go on and do this, you know, startup thing, I needed to make sure I was a fully qualified lawyer in Nigeria. So, you know, being, being a qualified lawyer in the UK, the condition was, well, you have to just replicate what you did in Nigeria. Right. So I had to like pass okay. the Nigerian bar and go to like Nigerian law school while I was sort of tinkering mm-hmm. with the business. Um, but I came out of that and I think, you know, I was I was happy that we had an idea that was um, interesting enough to, to become its own business and grow and become something that as impactful so I guess that's the story of the of my background um, I guess I can also talk about the the story of stairs itself if that's what you you prefer. yeah
0: I mean I'm fascinated by the, the 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 genesis of the idea right like it's it's like it's um it's Bloomberg for Africa I guess is how is a business model you're going
1: after essentially or am I am I mistaken and no, yes, you are right. I guess there are a few things that are that are different, of course, and that's just part of building. You know, you realize the market is not the same, so your product's not the same, right. your customer's not the same, so you have to tweak things. But you are correct because from the beginning, we were inspired by Bloomberg. We were inspired by Bloomberg. We were inspired by Thomson Reuters. And because we just kind of fell in love with this information services model where mm-hmm. they had a suite of products that were basically mm-hmm. designed to just make people, smarter, to make people, mm-hmm. you know, to give people the kind of data they needed to make better decisions, right? So, you know, we, we looked at all of this and we asked ourselves, you know, how can we build our own data-powered insights company? That's really what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like to say it's just a data company, because for us, the most important thing is people actually being empowered to make decisions, people becoming more informed, right? So that's why I, I emphasize insights. Right. And mm-hmm. that was really the, the genesis. I mean, it, it started, obviously we first saw the problem when we were trying to do some sort of, you know, very small investment on like the Nigerian stock exchange. And it was just, it was the first time as a, as a sort of adult, I came across this information or data gap on the continent. And I thought, wow, there's so much I don't know. And I can't find this information um, anywhere. Else, right. Right? Um, mm-hmm. But of course, you know, with with businesses, there's so many obstacles to starting, right? Um, And we looked and saw the the data and information space was pretty big. There were big competitors playing in there. So we asked ourselves, what is the MVP of STAIRS, right? What is that? And that's what today is now STAIRS business. I say it's the MVP of STAIRS because primarily we just said, what can we do now with the resources we have now? would allow us to actually start the journey i think um Mm. that's a very important question to ask because we didn't have the capital and the funding to do a lot of other things right so we said well Mm. what we're going to do we're going to provide high quality analysis right rating analysis on the economy right that was the engine for stairs business and um we didn't have again the funding to you know build out a team of analysts. so we just use volunteers we offered them In return for their writing, we offered them membership of of a network of other contributors. We offered them training. We offered them, you know, very, very bespoke growth in their ability to write and tell stories and understand and analyze, you know, the economy around them. And, you know, they supported us, right? They supported us. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And many of them today are actually part of the full-time team, right? Which is really interesting. So we had this habit of hiring people who were first volunteers um and i think we have we have maybe four three or four people today in the team including the two editor-in-chiefs like the the outgoing editor-in-chief and the one who just who just came they were actually first part of that network of contributors right um so that got us that got us going and i think 2020 is when we started full-time right 2020 Mm -hmm. is when we started full-time but it would be I would be skipping a very important year if I just focus on 2020, because we were able to start full-time in 2020 because of the work that we put in, in, you know, 2019 and 2019 was a sort of a milestone year for us because we did an open data project, which was the election center. We basically aggregated and visualized Nigerian election results. Right. That's oh, what good. we did. Awesome. And, people and how, it. Was we that a about... government contract or how did that come no, about no, no, no. Did, you, did you volunteer? So, yeah, so we just thought, hey, you know, when elections come, we are going to, you know, lots of people are going to be looking for the results. And the model mm-hmm. that a lot of the information providers, i.e. the media, you know, both local and international, took was they would write articles, you know, they would kind of post the results right. like APC one, you know, PDP two, and, and we thought that we thought just that wasn't innovative enough, right? So instead, we visualized all the results we could find available, like historical results. And on election day, as the results were coming out, right, as they were announcing them on TV as they do, because there was actually, you know, the, the, the INEC chairman would, would, on national television, say, in Delta State, the result is this party five this party 10, right? So, you know, publishers would then start typing top of the articles. So we were just collecting it all into, into, you know, into a spreadsheet, right? And because we had done the work to kind of build the visualization before, it was just being visualized live. And, you know, we had about 2 million people using it, right? Over that period. It was it was big, it was massive, right? And it showed us that awesome. there's definitely a data gap because there's no way, like nobody nobody asked us to build it. Right. We didn't see, you know, customers were knocking on our door, saying, saying build it. Right. So, but we looked at the market and we said, we want to do something that we think is valuable. Right. We want to go ahead. We want to innovate. Right. And people found it valuable. So that then sort of spurred us in 2020 when we started full time. And yeah, I guess this is our second year in, in sort of business full time. We've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Well, I think it's definitely been fun building in the in the Nigerian
0: environment. That's fantastic. So just for the lay person, right? Because because the data is you know, the whole media data business is is very opaque to unless you're on the inside, right? So what is that value chain? Who are your customers, you know, and, and what what are they, what do they buy from you? Uh, what's the business model? Yeah.
1: Yes, of course. Now, from a from business model, um, we actually have a pretty unique perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And the perspective is informed by the problem we're trying to solve. So we think about the, the sort of jobs to be done. And we want to inform people. That's been the genesis of the, of the company, right? We started wanting to inform people. So as opposed to calling ourselves a, a media company, or news company, right? We always said, we are actually in the information services um, sector. We're in the information services space, right? And Media or news is just one way of giving out information. It's not the only way, right? It's just one way because I would actually argue that um, education and a lot of edtech companies you see today actually fall into the information service right? Because their job is to inform, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now I know there's a whole aspect of news that is, you know, designed for entertainment, right, as opposed mm-hmm. to necessarily to inform, make people smarter, right? But well, We always saw ourselves as part of that information. And so when it comes to what do we, what do we sell? I mean, we essentially just sell knowledge, right? We sell, we sell analysis, we sell insights. What makes us different is how we go about it. So we tailor the product depending on the user. And I'll give a very practical example, right? Today we have a a B2C product, which is Stairs Business, right? And with that, it's, it's very much like The Economist. Right. You want to get this regular insight and deep dive on the economy, on business, on everything new, you know, disruption, digital economy, crypto. Right. So you subscribe and you pay a, a monthly, quarterly or annual subscription fee. Right. And that's a sort of consumer product. So it, it's basically a subscription driven model. Um, and there, like the FT, like The Economist, like Wall Street Journal. Um, but we also have other kinds of customers we have businesses, we have governments, right, Um, that want information, but they want such bespoke or specialized information, right, that getting it through a large subscription-based sort of article model doesn't work for them. So in that case, we actually aggregate data specifically for clients, right? We do things like reports, right? We do data collection. For instance, one of our most exciting projects recently Um, One of our most exciting projects recently was actually helping a a fund, right, a very large fund that wanted to set up and invest in the innovation ecosystem in Africa, right? And we essentially helped them map out the players in the innovation ecosystem, the regulatory environment, the operators, you know, the investors, essentially helping them formulate their thesis, right, on Mm -hmm. who we're going to invest in. Why we're going to invest and how we're going to invest, right? So you see, in that case, we are directly enabling decision making by going out there to get data and information. And we found that's a very different mindset from a lot of other to sort of the media players because, like I said, you know, some players are niche in the entertainment space, others in different space, right? But for us, our entire model is about essentially bringing in data, bringing in information. And using that to create insights that people can use to make decisions
0: sounds to me like uh you know in the absence of you guys that could have been a pwc customer right
1: uh, of, of course of course it, it, it actually very much um could be as well right and um, we of course being being born in in kind of this the century and with a with a stronger sort of tech mindset right we always try to productize what we're doing right um, so as opposed to offering a bespoke service where you know you need one person to work with you, right? We ask ourselves, you know, how how do you make this scalable, right? You know, how do we, for instance, mm-hmm. aggregate all this data in a subscription so that multiple companies can just subscribe to this information, mm-hmm. right? So that's mm-hmm. how we sort of you know in, innovate around it, and and on the, on the B two C side as well, you know, once you once you want to build a very bespoke popular consumer product, right? You find and you're asking people for money, you know, your competition is, is Netflix and Spotify just as much as it is, you know, another publisher because people have money that they want to spend on their subscriptions, right? And these subscriptions do different jobs for them, right? Some of them are to entertain them. Some of them are to inform them. And so, you know, we take inspiration from other subscription companies in that, in that regard because, you know, you're sort of building something straight to a consumer.
0: And so, in terms of subscribers, uh, how, many, how many
1: consumer subscribers do you have? So, we don't actually um, share our, our subscriber numbers. Um, but I, I can't say definitely, you know, we, when we started, we, 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 were, we asked ourselves very honestly would Nigerians, you know, would they actually say Subscribe to, to pay? <laughs> yes, we're like, would, would they pay? And, and you know, I, I'll be honest, right? I, I thought 100, 100 paying subscribers would be a milestone. Um, and, we, you know, we've we passed that, right? Now, we have a couple thousand um, um, subscribers and, you know, we want to keep building, right? But we also know it's because, you know, we have these subscribers because they kind of love the information. But um, um, really, right now, it's are scaling that because, you know, I, I believe we, we can actually become the primary source of information for, you know, every professional who wants to better understand what's going on in the country.
0: And so, what's your what's your growth rate? Can you I mean, if somebody wanted to invest and kind of uh, talk to you and learn more, even can you give some signals in terms of yeah, would, are Nigerians subscribing to this type of information or Africans for that for that matter? What's that growth been like? Where do you see it going? How big of a how big of a part of your business do you see it becoming?
1: Yeah. So um, right now, um, of of course, one of the good things about subscriptions is it's um it's recurring revenue. Um, meaning that, you know, what we, we could have, if, if you subscribe today, you could be a subscriber for, for your lifetime, um, because of how you sort of consume the product. So 45% of our total revenue is actually from, um, and just from that, from that product. Right. And it's recurring revenue. Like I said, we have other parts of the business, but obviously it's being a strong, it's being a strong part of the business. Um, I wouldn't say it is the, um, it's going to be the. Only lever for growth. Um, recently, for instance, um, we got a we got a grant from Google to actually build out more on the engineering side. Because as we started building out our, our subscription product, we realized that the infrastructure needed to manage the subscription, right? You know, the payments, the the everything that that you need essentially when you want to help, you know, collect money on a recurring basis from your Your customers, right? We realized that that was actually infrastructure that's not that big on on the continent, right? Um, And so we've actually started building our own solution for that. So we're no longer just building for ourselves, right? But we're actually building for for the creator economy because there are other people out there who want to monetize what they create, but you know they have to go through a lot of hurdles to actually you know to actually find a platform, you know, find the right payment um, payment channels, etc. So right.
0: So would you say in that regard, you're you're going after paystacks market?
1: Um, no, definitely not. So the, the, from a, from a sort of engineering, from a sort of engineering perspective, um, they're, they're very different functions, but actually it's because of people like Paystack that we can build what we, um, what we want to build.
0: Got it. So they're complementary, or, or, Yeah. So today we
1: use Paystack, right. Um, mm-hmm. and we essentially are quite close to their, uh, to the engineering team because By building out more features, they allow us to build out our own, you know, our own features as well, right? So the 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 solution we're looking at is actually inclusive of Paystack, right? They they're partner, and it's not it's not the same, uh, it's not same. And just because again, it's subscription business, and subscription businesses basically need more than just a payment gateway for them
0: to. So so do you see this as a as a a business model that you'll pursue? Enabling payments, like you said, for the economy, or is that something you're just going to use in-house and make your stuff work?
1: Yes. So, um, no. Currently, we're, we're definitely looking at it and um, um, being being used outside um, outside ours as well. So, we're already building it for ourselves, and like I said, the support from Google um, allows us to actually build it for uh, for other people as
0: well. Okay. And from a fundraising standpoint, right? Like you've been doing this uh, since twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen. You that's that's when you you quit the law. Very. <laughs> Bold and audacious move. Uh, what was it that allowed you to be able to do that? How did you fund the process? Right? Um, yeah. How did you eat? How how did you how did you put a roof over your head?
1: Yeah. Um. So actually, I didn't start working on full time until twenty twenty. Um. We all started in okay. twenty twenty. and So that's the the important thing, right? So, like I said, I moved back in twenty eighteen, but I was actually at law school, so the business didn't have. And um, the business didn't have any big, you know, um, any big cost base that it needed to maintain, right? And that was that last thing. I, I guess at that point we we're bootstrapping. We did work with one or two people um, along the way just to experiment with different things, um, and to actually fund that we had a we had a very sort of um, small family and friends, family and friends round, and um, but again that was just so if, if an opportunity came by. We were able to quickly capture it, like the elections um, and, the, and the data. There, but it was so it was it was pretty affordable, just because we didn't we weren't relying on the business. Everybody had a job at that point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was until 2020 that we actually and by 2020 we had done our, our fundraising.
0: Okay, and so fundraising. So by 2020, how, how did you where did you raise the money from? Is it is it a Google grant? Was it a venture round. How? Do, what, how yep. what? Where did you? Where did you raise the money from? And, and how much did you raise to allow you to go full time?
1: Yes. So we raised six hundred and fifty k, and it was for a combination um, of places: so family office, institutional investors. Um, so it was it was a mix, right? So we had you know VCs in there, um, just as well as um, family offices. So we had four investors come together to put out the the six hundred and fifty k. Wow, just
0: listening to what you're telling me and where you are in the journey, what were they investing in? Right? Like, because, oh, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's at the time you didn't have a model, and this is Africa, and you know the risk profile, all this other stuff. And I'm sure these are non-African investors because we don't have family offices in Africa. Maybe you have some in Nigeria, but <laughs> I'm wondering what do they see and what were they investing in? You, you, you either must be the most Prolific, amazing storyteller, which is fantastic. <laughs> or these people just, you know, or your smile just kill, kill, kills the game. What were they investing yeah. in? What did they see? I mean, it's... it's, it's
1: it, to, to be fair, right, that is, the, that is the, the, the VC model, right? What do they want to do? What, what do investors want, right? They want to get in early when they see a, a, a team that they like or they believe in, Right with a with a great product or at least um with some sign of a great product and going after a big market.
0: And what was the product in this case? It's, so I'm trying to go into that situation so our, our audience can be like, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah of course. This is how you position this so that you could get the, the results.
1: Yeah. So it, it wasn't a revenue, it wasn't a revenue, it wasn't a strong revenue generating like, product. But like I said, right, we did we did have this election center that two million people were using to get information. Right, okay. and we also had been publishing, right, and so over time we had actually built a pretty good brand, and okay. the the belief was that actually if we turned on the monetization tab, if one day when people got onto the website, as opposed to being able to just access information for free like they were doing, we said pay, pay to access, right? They would pay, right? So that's really what the what the in, in investors um were, were investing because. When there's a problem, I think, right? If the problem is there, the problem is there, right? Like we could actually have, have failed to start solving the problem, but the problem will still be there. And what's the problem here, right? We're talking about the information data gap, right? People struggle so much to get high quality information about the African, about the African continent, right? You know, how many, how many Nigerians are there? You know, our government officials can't answer that, right? Our policymakers cannot, businesses, Cannot right? How fast that market is growing, right? So there's so many questions that need to be answered, so many decisions that need to be taken with data, that it's 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 a problem, and it's it's always going to be a problem unless someone solves it. And you know, the, the market is is it's not about just us playing in there, like you pointed out, right? We play beside other companies, and um, you know, Bloomberg is in the African um information services market. The you know, PwC is in it as well. And McKinsey is in it as well, and you have Reuters in it as well. So it's not as if this is a this is a market that is you know that is new or people haven't seen other companies you know building in, right. I think what changes with us is this extra emphasis on data, right, and also the, the product mindset. Because if there's a if there's a problem, then I think um, investors are, are often willing to bet on you being able to solve that problem.
0: Right. And, and so what is the Uber for this uh, looking outside, right? Like, you know, what model were you saying? If this worked over here, it would work over here. That would be VC backable, right? Because those are the proxies people use, right? Yes, yes. Bloomberg is is a different type of business, right? PwC, it's consulting and human services, right? B- basically, right? It's, it's yes. a human capital driven. So that's those are not venture backed businesses. I and mean, we saw so what happened with Andela where they tried to do a human centered human-centered delivery models, they don't work for, for venture, right? Yeah. So what is the Uber for X in this particular case? What yeah. are you building that has worked somewhere before? Or are you t- totally bringing something completely new, which, yeah, would be an interesting play?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, two, two things to that. One of them is really just subscriptions. Um, and if, if you think about it, some of the biggest companies that you, um, some of the biggest consumer products that you consume today, um, whether it's Apple Music or Netflix or Spotify, right? They're all subscription businesses, and you pay for access, right? There's something that they produce, and if you want access to it, you you know put down a monthly fee, and you keep paying for it as long as they keep producing it, right? Um, in our case, right, our, our music or our movie is actually just information, right? And that the fact that people would you know subscribe to it is really at the at the centre of it. But when you talk about when you talk about you know is this totally, totally brand new? Oh, definitely it is um, in in the African context because we don't, we're not used to even publishers who charge people online directly, right? The the FT, right? The, the Economist Economist, New York Times have built massive, massive businesses, right? Um, simply on a digital paywall, right? Um, some of them have print sites to them but they've essentially built on the on a on digital paywall, right but it's just not as common in the african in the african market and our thesis is that it's not as common because people haven't found information that is extremely valuable to them but if you find information okay. that is valuable to you then you would you'd
0: pay for it okay and that's a very generic thing right information it could be anything i mean like you said netflix is Info, and especially nowadays, you're competing with Jesus Christ, Twitter, and information is everywhere, and it's free yeah. and it's accessible. So, yeah. in the information services business, I'm very personally, uh, it scares me. I would, I would be, I would be very reticent to go down that path. But you know, you you know something that I don't know, and you see something I don't, and and. Uh, it's definitely a, a difficult, challenging slog because you're competing for attention from so many different uh, avenues and sources. Uh, you know we are washing information, so to expect people to pay is definitely a uphill climb, especially in Africa, like you said. So the question then becomes: Who's your target market? Have you figured that out yet? Who's your Who's your persona? Right? Who's your user persona? Uh, and how many of those people are out there? Uh, to, to to justify you know subscription based information knowledge information business model on the continent I'm not saying it's not there I think that, I mean look we are growing to 2.5 billion by 2050 where it's young continent um, and I, I, I think there's a there is definitely need for this type of stuff but where we sit right now you know um, help me understand like your persona who's your this is my these are my three types of users right or customers. And there are X number of them across in Nigeria and across the
1: country. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Um, so I think the the, the the first thing to say is, you know, the content that we primarily publish is is business analysis, right? And if you look at the if you look at the history of publications, right, you'd quickly see that before the newer players started, you know, using subscriptions, it's always been the business players that use that use subscriptions. So. FT, Financial Times, you know, Wall Street Journal, these guys started long before, you know, even the the, the likes of New Yorker and Co started doing subscription. And that's because information that people use in their in their jobs, right? Information about how the economy is moving, how the markets are moving, and um, how new sectors are growing, right, is always valuable to people in a professional context, right? And so that's actually a core user. I mean, if we look at our, if we look at our subscribers, they are. Uh, Primarily, obviously, one, um, finance professionals, because we cover a lot of the economic activity going on. um, Entrepreneurs, investors, Uh, and this is because you know if you're if you're an entrepreneur and you're building in the energy, you're building in energy space. You want to know how well that space is going, right? What are the new trends? What are the transformations? What are the themes, right? So, we find people using you know using us for for that specific, I guess, job to be done. And I'll give you, I'll give you. You know, some more information will help, help with that. When, when, when we look at the actual, you know, amount of time that people spend on a average um, time spent on a, on an article, right, it, it can go up to you know eight, nine, ten minutes, right, because people are really absorbing it. This is not oh, let me quickly, you know, browse this page and see what's and um, see what's reading here and go off. Right, this is really, really in depth absorbing the information, right. Um, so that's one big um, one big persona. But like I said, businesses themselves would always still need to make decisions because you're talking about, I mean, when the 2.5 billion by X number, where does it come from? Right. Um, when you think about the fact that everybody says, you know, Africa is going to grow, and, you know, this, this is going to be future Africa, whether you're looking at things as advanced as climate tech or, you know, tech, or you're looking at things that are a bit more You know well-established like agriculture right you'd find that actually people need to do the research right people need to gather the data um before we launched our before we launched our election center which was even freely available right i don't think many people looked and said oh the continent lacks um aggregated election data right but that's the that's the beauty of creating of creating things right the the amount of usage on that was was really was really really intense right and i don't think that has stopped um that has stopped today there's a theme in the african for many african startups um around diversification right and diversification is very very important to you know i guess protect against different different risks right and that's actually how we see that advice your business internally, right? Because it always keeps the lights on. Um, you know, even while we were trying to build out this our consumer product, even as today we're building out our subscription, um, our subscription infrastructure product, right? Um, you always know that people would come and make very, very bespoke, bespoke requests. So I don't think that to build a, a successful business on the continent, you have to say, Oh, let me look for something. Let me let me look for let me look for something that has worked perfectly um, in the U.S. or in the U.K., and let me just replicate it. I mean, there was that whole phase. I, I, I remember uh, I used to read quite a bit when every company just wanted to take something that works in the U.S., you know, put a name on it and say X for Africa, right? But it doesn't always work because our consumers are different, our wallet sizes are different, our markets are different. Um, even till today, right, many, many, I don't know if you actually, yes, you're in a, you're, Recently, Netflix launched a freemium plan in Kenya. Um, and we actually we actually wrote, we actually did some analysis on that, right? And what's so interesting about this so was Netflix is a global business. And they have a model that works in the US, but they come to Kenya and they adapt that model for the Kenyan environment. Right? So it's just a reminder that um, even when you're looking at your own business, you know, when you're an entrepreneur. You can't expect it to be exactly the same as what you see in there. We don't expect to build a Bloomberg for Africa, right? We expect to we expect to solve the problem in Africa that Bloomberg solved in the U.S. And if that means five products as opposed to one, um, or different business models, um, then you know we'll definitely do that because solving the solving the problem for the customer is the most important thing.
0: All right, cool, man. Uh... This has been great uh, to connect and learn more about what you're doing uh, steers business. I mean, the, the information services space is huge uh, to the extent that you can actually um, bridge the gap. It will it will definitely be, be useful. Um, but yeah, so I guess final question for you here is, so w- where do you see this uh, going? What is your, in, in, what does success look like in, in your mind's eye? And when do you get there?
1: Um, oof, when do I get there? Oof. That's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, I think I think ten years, fifteen
0: you know, years, never
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, who wants to read how, how long does it take? I, I used to read that, you know, it takes 10 years to build a great business, but now companies are doing it in five and I'm like, whoa, okay, the, the timeline has changed. Um, but what does success, I mean, what does success look like, right? Success, we view success really from, from the customer's perspective. Um, we want to really unleash that power of data. Um, on the on the continent, right? We, I think that there's a cultural shift that we expect to see where people are using, making more data-driven decisions as opposed to just instinctive or in, intuition, right? Or, or their gut, which is something you find in other parts of the world. But right? it's already very, very, very common, right? But of course, like every other, you know, like 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 every other company, right? You know, we're asking ourselves, how do you build a hundred million dollar business? That's really that's really at its core, right? If I have a million. Um if I have a, a million you know subscribers paying me you know ten dollars ten dollars a month right and because our subscription right now is ten dollars on the on the on the dollar plan, right? I have a I have a pretty big I have a pretty big um big business. So but again, like I said, that's not the only part of the business, right? That's just one product, right? Um we definitely see ourselves as being the end to end um information supply on the continent. So even if whether you're a business Um, or whether you're looking for information on an individual basis, right? When you're really looking for data, when you want to better understand something, you're saying, I have to go to STAIRS and STAIRS will have a product that works for you at the right price point and giving you the information. Fantastic. This has been
0: great. I love the fact that you are pursuing something that, you know, you're clearly it, it appears very well suited to actually solve. You're a customer of the product. So it came from a place where you are very familiar, uh, uh, and you felt the pain very acutely trying to invest uh, in the Nigerian stock exchange, and now you're trying to solve it for other people, which I think is is, is admirable. We should always try and solve problems that uh, we're we're users of first, right? So um, yeah, so that's fantastic. So hey, listen, it's it's been fun, it's been awesome talking to you, getting to know you better. Uh, I will definitely um, be keeping tabs on how, how, how things go, uh, and and. Uh, Basically, basically take it from there. And when I come to to Lagos, I'll I'll be coming to Lagos next year. I'd love to meet you and and, and have some (laughs) (laughs) Joloff or something.
1: Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Fantastic, man. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thank you all. All right. Bye. Awesome.